Well, look, there certainly has to be change, and there will be change. When you finish where we are, we have to look at it, everything, and that means looking at even changing up our core players. gentlemen welcome to episode 70 of beyond the blade early august edition i am your co-host chad didimenesis i'm your other co-host bill shockey and chad a little bit of a early august gift to bring apart this uh early august edition eh yes yes it uh kind of uh it broke up what was for me at least turning into extremely boring uh off season you know so it's kind of getting a little itch for hockey and this uh, this big trade you rarely see kind of infused some juice. And not only was it just a hockey trade, it was a is a big trade. It it changes kind of the minds everybody. And uh, I guess it's nice to have something to talk about when hockey's at least you know the prospect channels over a month away. Training camp a couple of weeks after that. So we're kind of getting here. I mean, football games are starting. So when football games start, you know, hockey's not too far away. Yeah. Speaking of scratching the hockey itch, you happen to see that uh, Dalingo. Yes, yes, before we started, he's uh <laughs> he's out here at Harbor Center terrorizing, you know, summer league guys. So that that's it's pretty funny. I feel bad for the guys, but it, it's pretty funny to see that. Oh man, it's only summer league and I'm already rewatching a summer league goal fifteen times by Darlene, so I know it's kind of been a lot happening this off season and I don't want to say he kinda of hits the back burner, but you almost have to like remind yourself that you're getting this guy on your team as well. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, look at all the changes. You know, it's you know, it, it's really nuts. I mean, for an August episode here, I mean, we have 
Oh, we got Skinner. We're going to talk about roster size. We're going to talk about waivers, over-unders I got for you. We're going to talk about the lines, kind of how we see them. Uh, I got World Junior Showcase on here, but I already said that. And then um, where I want to start, um, something I've been hyping on Twitter that I do want to talk about because, you know, we looked in the beginning here to kind of, you know, go into our personal lives a little bit, talk about what's going on. And um, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen I've talked about the week of Chad that I have this week. So we're two days into it now. Um, and the background story here is my wife and son are gone for the week in Tennessee on vacation with her family. Uh, I did not go because I started a new job a couple weeks ago. So here I am in Buffalo where it's like 95 degrees still. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm enjoying, I don't want to say it's the bachelor life. It's really not, but in a way for me, it is, I mean, I never got to live alone. So no, I get, <laughs> I kind of live with my parents and then I bought a house and you know, my wife moved in. So I got like four days by myself so she moved in. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a week to myself and you know, I, I have, I have plans this week. It is, it is, you know, the podcast is tonight. I don't got to worry about my son upstairs crying for me. You know, I can kind of do this relaxing or not have my wife be mad. I'm down here talking to hockey for an hour or with the training camp yesterday. And then I'm, you know, I want to go hit at least nine or 18 one of these nights this week and then going to the preseason game on Thursday. Then we're having a guy's night on Friday and then she's back on Saturday. So that's, that, that's the week of Chad as I have it. I, I stole that kind of from George Costanza, the, the, the summer of George. Sounds like you have it. Uh, you you planned it pretty well. Uh, pretty <laughs> jam packed week of chat. Uh, just a little bit, huh? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, I can't even imagine what that's like. So enjoy it while it lasts, because it'll come crashing back down on Saturday. Yeah, she already said when she gets she gets home that uh, um, She's I'm on out. yeah I'm on duty. Well, not only that, but <laughs> I'm on duty. I'm on kid duty. So when she gets back, so fair enough. Fair enough. I said. Sorry, you can sit there and watch Darlene highlights. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's a good point. Um, anyways, we should talk about. I don't know. It's kind of hard where to start here because Skinner is the main topic, but I feel like maybe we should kind of start. I guess with the World Junior Showcase, we kind of talked about it a little before. Um, I know you said you didn't watch much or any of it. Um, I did not. <laughs> so <laughs> I needed my hockey so, fix, so I watched a lot of it. Um, so I'll kind of share a few comments. You know, it's not even just mainly Sabres related. I mean, to start with the Sabres, um, Oscari, Oscari, Laxanen, uh from Finland was there. Matthias Samuelsson, their second round pick, played for Team USA. And then Lukanen uh, was in goal for Finland. I think he played one or one game, I think, um, against Team USA, and he was really good. So that was good to see for Lukanen. Uh, Samuelsson was really impressive. You know, I, I kind of tweeted i was a little bit nervous with how he looked at development camp i thought he kind of looked maybe a little bit slow at some struggles with some speedy forwards but i thought he was really strong um during the showcase he held his own he was good um with his movement he got up the ice his coach said that he was really impressed with how he played and he got better and better every game so that's good to hear and then lax is a guy where you know he's the guy that bottle kind of got a lot of flack for last last or 2017 Remember, he's the guy that they picked in the third round that was on nobody's sheets and nobody knew who he was, and yep. that was Laxanen. And, um, you know, he looks like he's going to play for the Finnish World Junior team next year. Um, he's our power play guy. He's our point guy. Um, so that's pretty good. I've liked his development. He's a good skater. He's actually bigger than I thought he was. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll have to give Bottle credit there in a couple of years. 
um, on that alone. So that, that was good to see in the Sabre side of it. But, um, I mean, even some things you can kind of jump in here. Jack Hughes was there. He looked awesome. I'm sure you've seen some of those highlights. Quinn Hughes looked ridiculous. Um, I apologized on Twitter for not believing in him, I guess you could say, in the beginning of the draft process <laughs> because he just has like a special player and I think is going to be great in Vancouver. I mean, if you look at Vancouver, kind of got the Sabres a little bit. I mean, they're arguably going to have a top five pick this year. Imagine if they had the Quinn brothers in the same team. Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? You, you lose the Sedins. And then you replace them with Quinn Brothers. <laughs> That'd be kind of crazy. And then you have Besser there. You have Horvat. Um, you have uh, Dowin, not Dowin. You have Dowin, who's coming. Um, they have isn't is it? I just messed it up. I was getting confused. It's Pedersen, who's the guy who's coming, right? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yep. I, I get him mixed with the guy from Nashville. I can't think of his name right now, but it, I think it's Pedersen who's coming. So I mean, don't they? They have your levy too, don't they? Yes, they have your levy too. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, so they're on their way. Yeah. On their way. Vancouver, you know, they have some good prospects coming. So that's and then if they add, um, you know, if they add Jack Hughes, yeah. then I guess that's even that's even better for them. But you know, in general, it was a cool tournament to watch. Cool to get some hockey fix and uh, you know see some highlights. I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I did catch some of the <clears throat> Hughes brothers highlights, and, and some of them were pretty crazy. Uh, I heard Samuelson was kind of just, you know, solid. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what you're going to expect out of him. Uh, I don't think you're going to see anything flashy. He's more of a, would you say he's kind of more of a, a Jake McKay, but even maybe a little less offensive? I, was, I mean, bigger. he's also, he's a lot bigger. He's 6'4", so I mean, he's, he's right, a big right. kid. Um, but yeah, he's that stay-at-home guy. He's, he's not going to be flashy offensively, but he's going to be that solid. Um, you know, I, I kind of maybe said like a Will Borgen type deal. But he's even he's even bigger than Borgen, but kind of you're going to get that type of style. He's not going. I mean, he has he can give you some offense, maybe more than Borgen can, but primarily his calling cards is going to be solid defensively, solid positionally, and you know, a big body in the corners in front of the net. So that's, I guess they kind of need that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, he's got definitely some defenders. He's going to have to be sifting through in the next couple of year, years here to. To crack the lineup, so I would assume you probably don't even see him for at least another two years. Probably, yeah. I mean, he goes to Western Michigan this year, so I would say he'll probably play this year and next year at least, and we'll kind of see from there where he goes. I mean, that's not even including Borgen, so. Right, right, yeah. That's a good point, good point. So, enough delay here. I mean, people are tuning in because, Bill, they want to know what we think about Jeff Skinner. Skinner? <laughs> it, it comes out of nowhere, like literally out of nowhere. Like, yeah, it was within like there was rumblings, and then about fifteen minutes later, it happened. I'd say, yeah, Ten minutes yeah, later. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I think I texted you and said I might have something here, and, and then, then like five minutes later, not even like three minutes later, I was like, okay, yep, Sabers announced. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, but yeah, I mean, yeah, as I mean, it caught me off guard, um, especially kind of what they gave up is pretty crazy. Um, it seems like I feel it is kind of like the O'Reilly deal in the respects where it just seems like Carolina was trying to get out from underneath them. And then with his kind of no move clause, he kind of handcuffed Carolina. Right. And it seemed like they didn't really have too many options. Um, and then he even said that, you know, Buffalo was kind of the only offer that was brought to the table. So I I definitely think Carolina was looking to move him and it just kind of never came to fruition and then i guess you know bottle circles back and it pretty much happens 
pretty quickly. Um, I mean, it's great. It's great. I, 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 for me, I think it just really starts and it ends with you're going from, I mean, yes, Evander Kane was on Jack's line last year, but you're going from potentially, you know, Pominville at the beginning of the year, Gergensen's throughout the year, to Cheery or Skitter. <laughs> and I'd right. say that's quite an upgrade. Yep. Um, and I, I think with this, finally some depth on the left the left wing, um, you're, you're finally not going to have nights where you're pulling out your hair because Jordan Nolan finds his way out of the lineup or, or just somebody that for the last three years just hasn't belonged uh, to even touch. I mean, we were talking about Molson, you know, a couple of years ago, and I had my rants about that. So I, I just feel like, being able to do this, and th- this kind of even goes along with no matter what happens in the future, for this year alone, I think you're finally solidifying true talent on Eichel's wings. Whether it is Sheary or Skinner or both throughout the year, I'm sure it'll switch frequently. Um, it- it's just nice to have finally some guys that should be able to keep up with them and have the scoring touch that should be able to finish um, when Jack Eichel sets them up. Yeah, I mean, that's talked about this now for what this is jack's fourth year right we're going on i mean he's played three three years he's been looking for this guy and here he is i mean now in in a way they have two of them now really if you think about it they have sherry and skinner like you said so take your pick exactly it's it's again when when have we ever had that exactly and that i mean i I think you said maybe we'll get to that in a second year i think you like have the lineup some last season compared to this season projected lineup i guess it could be this season which is kind of crazy so we'll get that in a second but I mean, just in, I mean it's it's Cliff Poo. It's a second round pick next year. It was a second round, right? It was a second round pick next year and a sixth yep. round pick and a third round pick in twenty twenty. I think that's what it was. Now I think that's not right, but anyways, Cliff Poo and a couple of picks for a guy who consistently at least scores twenty to twenty five goals and has scored thirty twice in his career. I mean, and he's twenty six years old. I mean, I only has one left in his contract, but I mean, it'd be one thing if they just traded for him and he came here, but this guy waived his no trade clause, his no full no move clause to come here when he, I mean, there was reports that he didn't, they declined trades elsewhere, which he said wasn't true, but either way, I mean, he still picked to come here and play here, and it's not like he works one of the Sabres who were a playoff team last year, and maybe he's the missing piece, they were the worst team in the league, and he still picked to come here, and... I really think it's kind of a win-win for Skinner here, too, in that if the Sabres don't sign him to extension before the season starts, you're playing on a line with, I would assume, either Eichel or Middlestad. And no matter, I mean, what's probably the worst season he's had here? 20 goals? Worst? Probably low 20s? I mean, he had 24 playing with Derek Ryan and Victor Rass last year. But, and that and that's the low end. I think that's your like floor. So if you put up thirty thirty five, I mean, whether it's here or somebody else, the dude's about to get paid. I mean, yeah, you're hitting the market. I mean, his birthday is in May, so yeah, he'll hit the market. He'll be twenty seven years old. I mean, that's that's young. I mean, that is that is a young player, you know, to hit the market. So he'll get a lot of money, whether it's here, like you said, here or somewhere else. And it's and he gets to play with the lead center. Yeah, and that's what you said. You know, that's the thing I want to mention, too, here is, you know, I don't want to get into a full tank discussion here, but, I mean, one of the reasons why we did this tank and why we got Jack Eichel, that people say it wasn't successful, but it really was, but this is one of the reasons why. I mean, he, he said the primary reason he came here is because of the young talent. That's Middlestat. That's Eichel. That's Dahlin. 
man, I know you got lucky with Darlene. You got a ping pong ball bounce. And, you know, Middlestat, he fell to you. But, I mean, again, it's you put together that young core, you don't got to be Toronto and be a, a team that's like they're on the cusp of being a cup contender. If you have that young core, and that's one of the primary reasons that, I wouldn't say the main reason, but a reason why you do that tank and you get a guy like McDavid or Eichel is because, look at, I mean, look look what happens. You you can attract the guy to waive his own movement clause to come to the worst team in the league, and the team has finished the bottom standings three of the last five years because you have those players. And, I mean, that's a huge selling point. I mean, that's one of the reasons why Apolso came here too, because of that young core that was on this roster. So that's good they can still attract players to come here and that want to play here. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Edmonton. <laughs> you brought up McDavid, and it's just like... And they haven't they done anything. That's, that's they didn't the do worst anything. part. They haven't yeah, done anything. They haven't given that guy anything. Jeez. Uh, makes me feel good. I mean, that's but, good. Uh, I mean, that, that, you know, that, that's a good you know, note for Bottle. He has Eichel. He has Middlestad. He had Darlene even in his pocket. And he's yeah. like, nah, I'm going to go with Sherry. I'm going to go get Skinner. I'm going to trade O'Reilly for Berglund and Saboka and Tage Thompson. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, he went out and did these things. I'm going to go get Carter Hutton. Like, it's... That's good to have a general manager who knows, yeah, you want to have that elite players, elite players, but it's not just him. You have to put players around him, and, you know, Shirelli and Edmonton really hasn't got that yet. I mean, he's too busy trading his best players in one-for-ones that aren't working out in his favor. Go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think, too, even more so, the Skinner trade, and obviously, yeah, it doesn't necessarily replace um, the center depth that you lost this year. Because uh, going forward, I think you're going to be okay. But with losing O'Reilly, but now that you have that, I think really what the O'Reilly deal was, and, and I'm not saying you know Berglund and Saboka are going to be world beaters, but I think the, the bottom six has been a huge issue of why the team's been so bad these last couple of years too. And I, I think bringing in guys like that might be underrated to overhauling the bottom six. I mean, especially if Tage Thompson now is, say he's pushed down to maybe the third line, um, I think you're really starting to, you know, and we talk about this a lot too, is slotting guys where they need to be. And that's kind of been the problem is where you're trying to force guys that don't belong in the top six. And then you got, you know, veteran players on one-year deals that, you know, just aren't very good on your bottom six. They're not producing. I think Berglund and Saboka are going to be different than that. I think they're going to produce more uh, than maybe people expect. And I, I think if, I mean, a good season this year is going to start and end with your young guys. Uh, depending on how Shiri goes, how Skinner goes, Middlestad, what kind of year does he have? Dalin, how good is he this year? Um, but but I don't underestimate kind of what he's what Bottrell's done with the bottom six here. And that's not even talking about guys like, you know, Bailey, Baptiste, Arson, Gergensen. Who even knows where they are at this point? Um, it's going to be a very interesting camp kind of for this bottom six. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Tage Thompson, too, because I guess you could send him back down, too. But I think there's – he's got enough guys at this point where – and I'm kind of getting to the roster size – is you've got a ton of guys here currently, and that's without anybody making the roster or having a really good camp. Speaking of, like, Bailey, Baptiste, C.J. Smith, um, you know, who knows if Olsen just – his shot's just so good – I imagine, don't get me wrong, I think he definitely at least starts in Rochester to get used to the North American ice. But, I mean, you never know. A guy comes out and, and maybe you just you can't put him back down. 
Uh, and if that's the case, things are going to get interesting quick uh, for this forward group because now that he's gotten you know a lot of pieces with the O'Reilly trade, he's brought in Skinner now for not roster players. Um, you're going to have some battles here at camp, and I think that's very important and not necessarily something that's that's happened. It's kind of guys like. Um, Seth Griffith making the opening night roster because Erod gets hurt and there's just really nobody else that stepped up and deserved a spot. Uh, I think it's not going to be the case this year where guys are going to have to come in and they're really going to have to fight because otherwise, you know, your better veterans like Saboka and Berglund as opposed to, I would say, Jordan Nolan, um, they have no problem maybe filling in a second-line role or, you know, a solid third-line role if these guys uh, aren't going to show up to camp and be ready to play. You know, one thing I want to kind of, I guess, kind of go back a little bit, take a couple steps back, is you mentioned Berglund, and I want to touch something else on Skinner. Berglund, one thing I noticed, looking through his numbers that I kind of missed, are we not going to talk about the fact that he had 17 goals in 57 games, which put him on pace for 24 goals last year? Then he had 23 goals the year before that. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and score 30, but if you, you mean, you're adding a guy to the bottom of your lineup that scored 20 goals. When's the last time a third line center on this team had the potential to score 20 goals? I was going to say, we were happy when guys were getting to 10. Yeah, we were begging Gervais and Larson, give me 8, give me 10. <laughs> I mean, like, now this guy could easily hit 20. He scored, I mean, 17, 28, 10 goals in 42, 12, 14, 17, 19, 22, 13, 21. I mean, he's always consistently around that 20 goal or 20 goal pace. I mean, if he could stay healthy, I mean, that's, you know. I think Skinner, too, I think your power play should be a lot better this year. Yeah, and then... And I, I, I mean, that goes the same, but like adding Darlene, adding Middlestad, yeah, you lost O'Reilly, but now you got a, a shooter like Skinner, Shiri who can go to the net and is in the right place at the right time. Reinhardt can sit in front of the net where he belongs and, and do his, you know, Thomas Vanicky thing. Um, and I, I just, I think... <clears throat> Again, it's, it's not gonna, you're not going to have a second-line power play unit this year where it's, all right, Vander Kane, just go, please shoot the puck and try and score from anywhere because <laughs> no one else on this line can skate. Right. So I, I think you're going to have, you know, a true second-line power play, which is going to be huge. Um, and he, I think you're really going to have a little bit more depth this year. Um, like, I don't know what Pondville is going to give you, but uh, Wilson's a good line. You know, it, it's a, Wilson is a much better, like, fourth-line guy than like a Jordan Nolan. I just think you're finally getting, you got a lot of the dead weight off. Um, and that's why I don't even know where, where you know, Larson and Gergensons fit in, if they do, because, man, one of these kids blows us away, even if it's, I mean, we don't even talk about Nylander that much anymore. He comes in and has a good camp. <laughs> are, yeah. Who are you sending down? What are you doing? It's, it's I'm kind of excited at the battles that are about to be coming our way. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I want to mention on Skinner, I do want to give credit to Botterill for noticing this. We talked about this before the podcast. It's kind of crazy, so I want to throw these numbers out there. Uh, I, I mentioned it in the article yep. that I wrote a couple of days ago, the even strength scoring, how the, the Sabres are one of the worst even strength scoring teams in the league the last, like, two or three years. And he goes out and targets a guy who's one of the best even strength scorers in the league. I mean, the, two years ago, he had 30 goals. Or, sorry, he had 37 goals. 30 of those were even strength. Last year, 24 goals, 20 of those came at even strength. And for his career, 78% of his goals come at 5-on-5. Five five. I mean, that's that, that's insane. huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It is insane to look. I mean, you can just go to like, the hockey reference. 
I'm not going to run them all down because that's not good podcasting to listen to, but let's go to Hockey Reference and look at his goals and look at his even strength scoring right next to it, and it's crazy. It, it's pretty impressive to see how effective he has at even strength, and that's what this team needs. So huge gift for Bado. That's awesome. Um, on the roster itself, it's, it, you, I mean, you made that point. I mean, we're... I mean, I'm not even counting Bailey and Baptiste, and you know, if you want to, I was just, I was counting them because if they get set down, they got to be, you know, we got to be waived, right? But I'm saying, like, if you don't count them, say, and you count Gergensen's, and you count Larson and Thompson's here, and Gooley is here, and Bolu, Nelson, Hunwick, and all the defense, including the two goaltenders, that's 25 players. You can only have 23 on your roster, so. Then if you add in Bailey and Baptiste, who need waivers, then you're at 27. And, I mean, Bailey, Baptiste, Gergensens, Larson, Nelson, Hunwick, Beaulieu, all need waivers. And I, I know you can send Gooley down because there's waivers. You can sign. You can do it with Thompson, too. If Even if you did that and sent those two down, you still have 25 players here. Can we just stop it? Can we please just not send Gooley down this year? <laughs> don't don't get me started. <laughs> I feel like I feel like for two years we've been saying like this is exactly what you know the Sabers need. They need some speed. They need some skill. Yeah, he's still a little raw. He's got some things he can work out, but he can do it at the NHL level. And if they send him down again for I don't even know Bolu or Nelson. <laughs> no, I I just I feel like it's. You you he's have got, the potential. Make- you have the potential to have so much speed on your blue line with Dalene and Ristolainen, and then a Ghoulies here, and you get Bogosian back. And if by some miracle Bogosian can stay healthy, you have a pretty quick defense. And you're gonna if Dida can skate, you're gonna negate that and saying Ghoulie down because he because he doesn't need waivers. So you can put what Nelson or Hunwick in because it's not going to be bull you. I just, I mean, and Nelson, I mean, don't get me wrong, Nelson played well last year, but he's not the best skater. And, I mean, come on, Matt Hunwick, we're going to put Matt Hunwick in there? I mean, it's just... I mean, he'll probably be your your scratch, which is fine. Right, and I don't have a problem with that. He can be the veteran guy in the room, and, you know, that yeah. I'm talking about Hunwick here, and that's fine. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, part of me looks at it and is like, they're going to send Gooley down. And the other part of me is like, there's no way they can send Gooley down. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm kind of like stuck in, in the middle there, what, what they can oh. do. Unless, to me, like, unless it's painfully obvious that he's just, maybe he has a really bad camp and he's just not ready. Um, but unless that happens, man, if he goes down again, ah, we were talking about how he should have been up all last year. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, last year I, I can understand it. It was his first year as pro, so yeah, start him in the minors. Fine, I can get Right. It. But I, I'm just saying, like, the defense, you were playing Matt Tennyson. Like, the, the guys you were playing, and, and, all right, development, but, like, this is this is the point now where, like, Housley needs to start to show something, and he's got Darlene. We kept Ristolainen, which is fine. I just don't know how you don't put Gooley on this decor and say, Housley, go nuts. Like, you finally have the guys to assumedly play the system that you've been talking about playing since you got here. Uh, and if you can't do it, this group, kind of, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Just because, like, you now have great, you'll have great skaters on the on the back end, and I mean, adding Dalene and I just, 
I'm getting frustrated and train camp hasn't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, I hear you. I, 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 I totally hear. I mean, it, it's, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I, I feel like, and even like your moves you made, you made moves to start winning now. And right. just to put a guy down there as one of your top six defensemen because he clears waivers just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it does in one respect from a roster standpoint, but either way, if you send Gooley down, you got to wave somebody. I mean, you got to wave some people here. I mean, just looking at it from the outside, looking in, I mean, there's really no getting around it. And I just, I mean, or, am, am I, like I said on Twitter, am, am I going to send Gooley down because I'm afraid to lose Nathan Bolu on waivers? Who cares? Who cares? I mean, no if one's gonna, no one's going to claim him in a salary anyways if you wave him. If you're a team trying to win, there's no way you should be making roster decisions based on who should or should not be waived or can be waived. You should be putting the best guys on the ice for the coach to be able to put in the best position to win hockey games. And if you're not doing that, then you're doing it wrong. I mean, simple as that. Yeah, I mean, and then the other part of it, too. This is why I think they're just... Maybe it's in camp, but I feel like something has to break here. I mean... Yeah. Again, we've talked about Bailey and Baptiste. Like you said, what if Nylander plays well in camp? What if Victor Olofsson comes and shoots the lights out in camp? C.J. Smith. C.J. Smith. What if he has a good camp? What if Daniel Regan has a good camp? What if Sean Malone plays well? What if Lawrence Pilot plays really well? I mean, like... Yeah, he looked good. And- yeah. I mean, you can make the goalie first-year argument with him. First-year pro. I know he played good, but he has to go down and kind of... We'll bring him up. But the other guys, like... You know, if they play well, I mean, I mean, C.J. Smith was rookie of the year in the AHL last year. If he plays well in camp, you're going to tell him, hey, good job in camp, but, you know, i got to develop more, go back to the minors. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> you can't do that. And even, like, Nylander or ba- even Bailey and Baptiste, if they play well, they got to get roster spots. And, you know, they, they preach, you know, Bottle Peaches as competition in camp that he's looking forward to. And if you're going to have competition, fine, but at the end of the day, looking at this, if they don't make moves... I mean, either one of two things. They're going to have to make moves or they're going to have to wave some people and hold their breath and hope they clear. I mean, that's just what they're going to have to do. And there's really looks like right now, looking at the roster, the AHL and NHL roster, there's really no way around that, to be honest. Right. I don't know. At least it makes camp exciting, right? I mean... <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it, it kind of takes... I mean, I think this is the first year we'll go into camp not talking about Eichel's wingers or top seconds or... Oh goodness! Hold your breath. Hopefully, you know Justin Bailey or Nick Baptiste can win that top six right. left wing role and you know play with Eichel. We don't have to worry about that. So that's kind of it would be yeah, a different nice conversation to, this year. It's nice to be on the opposite end where you almost have too many guys, and it's uh, okay. Like it, it, <laughs> t- GMs and coaches talk about this all the time. It's a hard decision, but it's a lot better decision than you know, you know Seth Griffith and. Justin Bailey both played like crap, but I need to put one of them on the roster. <laughs> right. So it, it's <laughs> at least at least it being different of all right, you know, Larson Gergens's Bailey Baptiste. You know, one of you have to play well, or you might be out the door getting waved to you know another city. Um, so I mean, that's good, but it's going to be very interesting to me because you should be able to see truly how they want this roster to play. Uh, by the people that they're going to put in positions here, so they ha- they now have some skaters to play this fast-paced, you know, game that Bottrell and Housley have both been talking about since they both got here. Um, so if the roster spots shake out where that's not the case, uh, I think it'll it'll be a little bit head scratching going into the season. But again, like you said, it's a it's a 
it's a good thing. It's a fun thing to look forward to um, because something's somebody's got to give uh, coming up here in the next month and a half, two months. You ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's do a little over under here. And this is kind of going to wrap things up here, and also it's going to touch all the topics we kind of talked about the way I kind of plan this. And the cool thing is, I didn't tell you these questions before, so you really have no idea what's coming at you, which is even better. At least for me. I don't, I don't know about you, but at least for me it is. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> They're usually hard because i got to stop and think, but it's all right. Bring them on. I'll all just right. fire off the cuff. So we'll start with our first. These are all over-unders. We'll start with our first over-under here. Jeff Skinner, over and under. Over or under 25 goals next season? 25? Who is he playing with? I don't Doesn't know. Doesn't matter. You tell me. You're supposed to tell me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. I, th- I think he goes over 25. If he's able to stay healthy, um, I mean, Jack Eichel is just a setup man, and Middlestad might even be more so one. Um, so if he ends up with Middlestad, maybe they come off to a slow start. But, I mean, the guy just, he does it himself 5 out of 5. His low end was, you know, low 20s. I think this offense takes a step forward. And with Darlene and a better defense and maybe guys that can actually get the puck up to their wingers, um, I just don't see how he doesn't score at least 25. Okay, fair enough. So you're going to go with the over, you said, right? Yeah. All right, Bill's going over. I'm writing these down, by the way, so I can remember this when they're wrong. Over <laughs> 25 goals. Okay, all right, next feel, one. Feel, feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> over, under, Justin Bailey. Is he playing over or under 20 games with the Sabres next season? That's a tough one. Um, you're a jerk because, you know, he was my dark horse last year. <laughs> and I do like Bailey. I like his size. I like his skill. I like his speed. He just never seems to put it together, or he puts it together and then has one bad shift, and you never see him for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, I think kind of with the way the roster's sitting right now, and the way Housley's treated him in the past, I think I'm going to have to go under. Okay. That's hard. Well, I'm going to hit another hard one, because I'm going to go Nick Baptiste over under 20 games. <laughs> 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 I thought we were going to have some fun <laughs> <laughs> They get fun, the next few are fun <laughs> um, ah, That's tough too I mean it basically comes down to injuries I guess uh, I mean maybe they sit Wilson I could see Baptiste sneaking in As an extra I think they like Baptiste more than they like Baby <laughs> I'll go over but it's probably like 21, 22 <laughs> <laughs> Alright All right, Fair enough all right, we'll get to some fun ones now. Uh, over under Rasmus Dallin, 35 points. Way over. Way over? Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> since that was kind of easy for you, I'm gonna, this isn't an over under, but who has, who do you think is a better chance of winning the Calder, Casey Middleset or Rasmus Dallin? That's a tough one because didn't, I think Vegas actually had, or whoever, somebody had odds that they actually had Middlestad higher. They did, correct. Or a better chance than Dallin. Um, the last defenseman to win the Calder was Ekblad and then Myers. So there's that for you. Yeah, I I think I'm going to go with Darlene here. I just... Middlestead, I just feel like the position that he's going to be in, and maybe Berglund slots into the two and plays a little bit more minutes, but I think Housley's really just going to roll the line that's playing better. 
so I don't really think it's going to be like a, a two three. I mean, Eichel is going to be your one. He's going to get the most minutes, but I feel like between Middlestad, especially at the beginning of the season, and Berglund, whatever line is playing better is going to see more minutes that night. Um, and I think center is going to be a little bit more harder for Middlestad. Not saying he's going to have a bad season, but I just think with what we've seen with Darlene, and now that he's got guys that are going to be able to shoot and score, you know, your Siri, your Skinner, you got Eichel, you have Middlestead, you have Reinhardt. I think the power play is going to take a step forward. He's going to be, he should be on that first unit. Um, I just, I might be drinking the Kool-Aid, but I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, what would be crazy for a rookie defenseman? 50 points? That'd be pretty nuts, right? Oh, if he gets 50 points, I think he wins the Calder hand down, hands down. If he gets 50 points, it might be the Norris conversation. Maybe not that high, but I think he, I think he gets into the 40s. Um, I don't Norris know, man. Had, I, 40, I, had 41 recently, so I mean, that's not crazy, right? Right. And I, I just, I don't, I think he, Housley, <laughs> he might even in his mind today think that Darlene's not going to be playing big minutes and that they're going to have to ease this kid in. But man, the way he skates, the way he looks, how smooth he is, I just don't know how you hold a talent like that back. Uh, and if he just comes out game one and, and starts doing some ridiculous things, which is what they said he was doing, you know, his first practice in Sweden, right. is that they're like, who's this kid? And all of a sudden he's going, you know, end to end and scoring. Um, I don't know. I, I really think we, I mean, obviously we got something special here, but I think it's, I think he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the league quickly. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, top five next year, but I think he's going to be maybe top 15, top 10 uh, point-wise. So, I know there's a long answer, but I'm I'm pretty high on Darlene this year. I think he's going to, eat with all the hype, I still think he's going to surprise some people and impress. Um, and now that Bottrell's starting to put this roster together to support that, um, yeah, look for a big year. All right. Then we'll move along here. That was that was a long-winded, well-sought answer. All right, so this next one. So the Sabres, I did the math earlier. They added 98 goals this season when you take in Berglund, Soboka, Thompson, Skinner. Uh, I think I'm missing somebody else. Oh, then I put, like, Middlestat. I think I put Middlestat and Dalene, like, at, like, 25 combined. I went to the low end. Okay. Um, so I kind of took what the goals were last year, and they added this year. And then they lost 65 in Pouliot, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Evander Kane, Josephson, Nolan. Um, so, so it was about, about a 30 difference? 33 goal difference. Okay. So they had 199 goals last year, which is worse in the league. Yep. If you had 33 goals, that gives them 231. I'm sorry, 232, which would, make, which would have put them 20th in the league last year. So over okay. under 232 goals next season. Um, so basically, put it this way: Do you think they'll be higher than around twentieth in the NHL in scoring? That's a tough one too. But I think higher than twentieth. We got thirty. I think they're going to probably be right around there. But I'll go higher. I'll go high teens. I, I think. I mean, I remember they're improving their defense. So I think Deline and you know I, exactly and here, that's, like. That's kind of what I was going to get at is not only should those guys be able to produce with what they're producing on other teams or, 
what we're projecting them to produce. I think that the defense is going to be able to get out of their own zone better, make better passes. Uh, Darlene himself carry the puck out. Ristolainen not playing his big minutes. Uh, he should be not healthier, um, less winded, I guess. Um, and man, if, if, if you can, you know, th- you're throwing a ghoulie in there, get, maybe get a healthy BOGO. Not saying he's going to be, you know, lights out, but if he's a 5-6 guy as, as opposed to a top four, uh, I think he can do good things, especially offensively. I remember, you know, when he came to the team, we joked about how <laughs> he would skate with the puck, make a couple good moves, and next thing you know, he doesn't even realize he's in front of the net. Uh, and then shoots it wide or something silly. But I, I think if you can get back to that, um, yeah, I think that you can be around, you know, high teens in the league, close to the, a little higher than half. Um, I think Eichel has a bigger year this year now that he's going to have some people. I mean, you can't discount Kane, but I mean, adding Skinner, man, that kind of washes, so... Yeah, I'll go. I'll go probably like in the you know sixteen, seventeen, eighteen range. Their right. power play's got to be better too. Their power play was awful last year. That's a good point. Good point. I'll give you that. Uh, last one here. Last over under. Over under eighty two points next season. That'd be a uh, that'd be a twenty point improvement from last year. Do you consult Vegas on these numbers? <laughs> I did not. I did not. Uh, so. I actually, so I, it's a funny thing. I became a, the wife talked me into becoming a season ticket holder this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little nervous about it, but adding Skinner helps. Cause I, when we got him, I said, or when we got Skinner, I said, I feel good. Now we should be over around 80 points. <laughs> so, so you to put the 82 out there. I mean, they're going to be right there. I, I think that they're going to be close enough that they're going to be in the race at least that you can say, you know, we're eight to ten points out. You know, you go on a hot streak, you can make it. Uh, we haven't really talked about the goaltending this year, which is kind of going to be a question mark. Um, all Mark, who knows what he's going to do at the NHL level. Hutton had a really good last year last year. Uh, can he come close to repeating that? Who knows? The defense is better this year, so potentially he should have more help, especially with guys like Darlene, Skitter, Eichel, you know, Middlestad, the guys you brought in, the Corsi should be better this year. Uh, the Sabres should have the puck more often than, you know, not 18 minutes in their zone for a period. <laughs> um, for under 82, that's tough. See, the problem is I feel myself going over on a lot of things. <laughs> <in this project. laughs> We're in the offseason, so it's, it's easy to be optimistic when you haven't seen games yet, but... Uh, I think they're going to be right there with Florida. I don't think I think Boston, Tampa, Toronto are going to be your three to beat. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa, I think are going to be terrible. Detroit is going to be better, but I don't think they're going to be as good as the Sabers, especially now that they got Skinner. I think the addition of Skinner puts you more in the Florida range, which is probably you know seventy-eight to eighty-six, eighty-eight. I guess I'll go over, but I can I can see them at like we'll go like eighty-four. 86. They'll be close, but I, I think they're going to be outside looking in when all is said and done. Are you going to answer any of those? Yeah, no, I, I think that was good answers. I'm sorry, I'm sitting here, I guess I'm being a bad podcast host, I'm sitting here arguing with a, with a fan on Twitter about Austin Matthews, a Leafs fan, who is telling me that, that Austin Matthews is one of the top three players 
at his position, and that I'm apparently blind for thinking that Patrice Bergeron's rather than him, and then he's telling me that McDavid's not even really that good, and he asked me if I've seen McDavid's plus-minus stats, and that was kind of where the conversation is going to end. Yeah, as soon as that goes... I even, yeah, people are bringing up Skinner's plus minus. And it's like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's definitely when conversation should end. And if you need anybody to argue for P- Patrice Bergeron, I think you should just, you know, CC for some of our Boston friends like Mark and Brandon and just kind of let them go wild because <laughs> if, anybody's, if anybody's, you know, True to value or way overvaluing guys, uh, it'll be your Boston friends. Now, Patrice Bergeron's good, but they love them some two-way centers. <laughs> so you don't got to give as crazy answers as I did, but give me your answers for all these over-unders. All right. So to clarify, by the way, the guy I'm arguing with is telling me that Austin Matthews is, is a better player than Bergeron. He's not arguing for Bergeron. He's asking for Matthews over Bergeron. Right. He's telling me that Matthews that's is a. Oh, okay. I, I was making sure. This. He's telling me that Matthews is a better all-round player than Bergeron. Yeah. Get the Boston guys involved, and they'll take care of the rest for you. Oh, I, I quoted it, so I, I let them kind of have their way. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll be good for you know half hour. Yeah, I, I think so too. He he burned. He gave me a sick burn and told me that I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never laced up the skates, and then I told him I played hockey for 26 years, and then he said, "Okay, you know everything." So that was one of those people on Twitter. Thank you. That's <laughs> Twitter for you. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, my answer is, all right, so I'll kind of go through them quickly. Uh, Skinner, over under 25 goals. I'm going to go over. I think he gets 30 this year. I think he plays with Eichel, and he gets 30. Uh, Bailey, over under 20 games. I think he plays under. Uh, I don't know if he plays in here at all, to be honest. Um, Baptiste, I'm going to go over with injuries. I think they like him more. Like you said, I think he'll get some injury call-up time. So I think, like you said, but it's like 21-22. Uh, 35 points, Darlene, over under. This is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go over. I think he gets about 40. Mm. I, I think he's in that 35-40 range. So I'll, I'll say over. Um, over under 232 goals. Part of me here wants to say, like, push. <laughs> but mm. I, guess, I think that's kind of right where they're going to be about is that, like you said, 19 to seven, um, 20 to 17 range in goals for... Which is a good improvement if your goaltending comes down or gets better. Uh, but right. definitely takes away, it brings down your goal differential, so that's good. Uh, the over under 82 points. Again, it's not when I want to go push. I want to say 82 points sounds about right. Um, what kind of mood am I in? What kind of mood am I in? How, how excited do I want to be about this team right now? Um, this is tough. It's a tough question. Good they haven't been different there. yet, so you might as well be the Debbie Downer. <laughs> I know you're going over. <laughs> There's a problem um, with these. Um, is Skinner here all year? I mean, that, that kind of is a question. Like, is Skinner here all year or they trade him to the deadline? If they trade Skinner to the deadline, I'm going to well, go under. If well, he's here all year, I'm going to go over. Okay, so think about that. If you are, if they end the season, even to say at 82 points, what are they at the deadline? 60? How many games have you left about? 20-something games usually after the deadline. 20-25? I think they're under 60. I think they're at about maybe low 50s, mid-50s. So, I mean, I guess at at that point it becomes how many points out of the playoffs are they? Yeah. Um, And if they want to recoup another first-round pick. So if they move on from him, then maybe. 
I'm gonna, gonna I'm, I'm 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 gonna officially go under. I'm gonna say they get eighty points. That's where I'm gonna go. Like I said, yeah, if, I, if I could pick push here, I would. But I think that's kind of copping out picking push. Especially <laughs> since you made up the over under numbers. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'll answer your question too on Darlene or Middlestead, who has a better chance of winning the Calder. Mm. Um, I, I think it's Darlene. Um, and the reason I, I just, say that the reason I say that is because I think his name recognition. I think he'll have more attention on him than Middlestat would have. So I, I think if somebody's sitting there and they're voting between Darlene, I mean, very possibly Darlene and Middlestat could both be the favorites to win it this year, which is kind of crazy. Right. Um, but I think if they're sitting there and they go, you know, Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Darlene, well, Rasmus Darlene was the top overall pick last year. Of course he should, you know, he had a good year. Of course he should win it, and he wins it. That's kind of why I would pick Darlene over Middlestat for that purpose alone. I just think center too. Center, second line center. If he does play mostly there, is going to be tough for your first full year in the NHL. He could. Start I'm not saying right. I'm not saying he will. I mean, he had what five points in eight games to end the season, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I was. I mean, he could. He can produce, and he sh- he showed he can the little bit he was here. So, I mean, if he keeps keeps rolling around that, obviously he's going to have a good shot, but. We'll see. It should, I, I will say this. It should be a much more fun season, which shouldn't be hard at all to do. Um, but, yeah, they got they got some skill this year. Um, should be should be a lot of fun to watch, finally. Yeah, definitely. So, at the end here, um, I kind of talked about it. I wanted to tease um, a little project I have going. I kind of told you a little bit about it, but I'm kind of, like I said, playing this close to vest, so I didn't really tell you that much about it. Um the tease that'll drop. I don't want to give too much away. It's going to be fun excitement. It, it's a project that I mentioned I've been kind of working on here for a couple months. Um, I guess what I'll say is, is if you like bloggers and you like hockey, this will be pretty interesting and entertaining for you. Um, so it's going to be awesome when it comes together. Let me get some things finalized. Um, and I would urge people to perhaps keep the back half of September, early October open on their calendar, um, because maybe something cool will be happening around that time of the year. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the only you're going to get out of me. Um, if you like Sabres and you like bloggers, and maybe try to keep the back half of your September, early October calendar open, because you might want to be somewhere. That's kind of where we'll leave it, Bill. Leave it there. That's a pretty good tease. That's all you're getting out of me. <clears throat> I like it. So, anything else we missed? Or do you think we kind of hit it all here for a really August podcast? I think it's pretty much it. I mean, the one thing I did want to touch on that we didn't really get to, but I can make it quick here, is we talked, or Botchel talked about how there certainly had to be change, there will be change. When you finish where you are, you look at everything, including changing our core players. And... I think because all these moves have kind of been spread out, you know, like winning the lottery, then the draft, then O'Reilly traded, then Skinner now kind of in the middle of, or the beginning of August here. Um, you might kind of forget how much this team has changed. Um, so just real quick, 2017-2018, Buffalo Sabres, Kane, Josephson, Eichel, Nolan, Okposo, Larson, Reinhardt, Griffith, Molson, Gergensen, Pominville, Pouliot, O'Reilly, Johnson, Leonard, Georges, Tennyson, Scandella, McKay, Bogosian, Rissalainen, Bolu, and Teepin. Uh, provided Larson. Provided Larson, Gergensen's, 
make the roster, you're looking at like 10 guys that are the same. So pretty good overhaul here by Bacho when a couple weeks ago before the O'Reilly trade, we're saying he's got to do something because he can't just get Darlene. Uh I'd say he did right, a little right. more than just to get Darlene. I mean, we heard that quote here in the beginning that we played, you know, in that little clip we added in the beginning, you know, the quote he said, you know, there's going to be changes, there were changes, and he even changed the core that he mentioned he was going to do. So he's a man of his word, that's for sure, Bill. Real quick, captaincy. Do you think we hear anything soon? Uh, uh, Probably not. Maybe right before training camp starts? I don't think yet. I think the next news we hear is Reinhardt. Um, which I have a feeling is coming soon here. But, um... I mean, Eichel's the captain, right? I mean... At this point, he's got to be, right? Yeah, unless they do that goofy four assistants again, which I'll be livid if they do. I mean, it, he's got to be the captain. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, he has to be. I was, th- I was thinking about it in my head. I'm like, well, they could pick. I'm like, no, no, it has to, it has to no. be him. I can't make an argument for anybody else. Right. Yep. I would imagine that's coming down eventually. I would say before training camp. Because then you go into training camp, he's your captain going into camp and all that fun stuff. You know how that whole deal works. Get the, get the fans excited and so on before the training camp starts. Yep. Open at night should be rocking. Yes, only, sir. Only, like, what are we, two months away? But yeah, I, I think two months from today, it's a six, right? And then when they I was going to say. I think it's two months from today, exactly. Look at that, perfect timing. I even planned out. See you soon, Boston. <laughs> <laughs> so, for Chad and Bill, I think that is it this week. Uh, make sure you are following us on Twitter at PTB Hockey, uh, interacting with us throughout the summer. We have the Prospects Challenge here coming up in a month from tomorrow, so that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I get to keep reminding myself that you know the college players and the European players won't be in there, so it's going to be a lot of minor league players. But nonetheless, it'll be fun to see some hockey, some competitive hockey. Um, so that'll be exciting. Just got a couple more weeks to get through here, Bill. At least we have maybe some football to keep us entertained. But uh, I don't know about you, but that's that Skinner trade kind of, I guess you could say, got me excited for hockey and, you know, back into my writing. And here we are doing a podcast, too. So thanks to Bottle for kind of giving us the boost we needed there. Exactly. Yeah, right. The shot of adrenaline, right, when you needed it to get you through the rest of the summer. <laughs> yes. uh, hockey is around the corner, and Sabres are making moves to be a better team this year. Should be fun. Absolutely. So for Chad and Bill. We are out of here this week. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm sure probably won't hear from us for another couple of weeks here unless Bader will pull something else out of here, but I, I kind of doubt it at this point. They're out of cap space. So probably end of August before development camp. Um, not development camp. The Prospects Challenge will hear from us again. So enjoy the rest of your summer, and thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. See ya. See yeah. the same.